I'm going to invite you to uh, turn to Psalm chapter 42, and we'll get there in just a few moments. When I considered my assignment, uh, uh, Matt asked me to preach 42 and 43 of, of, of the book of Psalms. When I consider my assignment, I feel like I need to have a little bit of transparency with you guys. As I look back at my life and the collection of uh, victories and defeats, positive times and negative times, struggles and hardships, Uh, joys and rejoicing. I've seen how God has helped me navigate those moments. Times that were great and enjoyable. Times that were difficult and could make me cry just thinking about them. And I think about the struggles that I've seen of people in our church when I was a youth pastor people in our church when I was a church planter here, people in, um, in my own life, whether it be my children, my wife, my mom. Uh, a couple of days ago we celebrated the, or I guess mourned, the 20th year anniversary of my dad passing away. I've, I've walked through a lot of difficult times. God has helped me through those difficult times. And as I consider this passage, or these passages, it brings me to those moments. It brings me to times where I've seen people who I love, or even myself, suffer from illness, consequences of sin, depression that is gripping and overwhelming, devastating loss, or having to interact with the results of a fallen world where there just is this hangover from Genesis chapter 3. And there's a brokenness, whether it be illness or whether it be actions of someone else or whether it just be a tornado that drops down out of the sky. And in spite of all of this, I would have to say that reflecting back on those times This past year has been one of the most difficult years of my life. I've been overwhelmed. I've been downcast. I've been disquieted. Broken in spirit. And I've spent many sleepless nights. I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't know if you've ever walked through that. Or known someone who has walked through that. As you've navigated what seems to be an overwhelming moment in your life. That no matter whether you turn to the left or the right or go forward or backward. You feel like you're still in the fog. If you have. I want to give you permission and ask you if you will go there. Just for a moment. Remember what that feels like. Remember what it is to be overwhelmed like that. And I don't want to invite you into that space or to that place in your life because I want to uh, recall the pain. 
But I want to give you an opportunity to engage with this text today. Because that's where we go in Psalm 42 and 43. Most scholars would say that this psalm was written by David. It was written to the choir leaders the ones who were to sing praises and worship in the house of God. The occasion of this writing was most likely the rebellion of his son Absalom. When David is kicked out of the city of David, Jerusalem, he runs for fear of his life. And during that moment is when 42 and 43 of the book of Psalms is penned. He writes that in an overwhelming moment. A time where there is a lot of darkness. Maybe you've been betrayed. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've had the consequences of your sin come to light. Or you have faced some devastating loss. All of those things are what David was navigating in these two songs. And so as we dive into the Psalms, go there. Listen to the heart of David. Listen to him as he cries out to God in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of deep hurt. Psalm 42, starting in verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for You, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise. A multitude-keeping festival. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him my salvation, and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands His steadfast love. And at night His song was within me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with deadly wounds in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. 
Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre. O God, my God, why are you cast down, my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. There's a refrain that comes three times in those verses. And most scholars would say that 42 and 43 were actually one psalm that got divided somewhere after it was written. And that refrain is, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? And then he goes on to answer that refrain with with hope. Hope in God, for I again shall praise Him, my salvation and my God. But let's lean into the first part of that. This refrain is, is very telling. We call David the man after God's own heart. Yet in this moment, he is talking about being cast down, being broken, being in turmoil, being in lack of hope. I saw many of you wipe an eye earlier. You've been there. It's hard. It's difficult. It doesn't mean that God isn't walking with you or isn't going to help you, but it doesn't mean that it's not difficult. And in this moment, David is looking not just at the loss of a kingdom that he had built, a kingdom that God had promised him, but also the betrayal of a son. And in that moment, he says, why are you cast down? I don't know if you've had those moments where you're driving or you're walking or you're sitting trying to figure out life, and you ask yourself that, why are you cast down? I've had a lot of those moments. I've asked that a lot. Know that God is able to walk through even the deepest and darkest of times with you. Matter of fact, He's most present there. It's easy for us to feel God when everything's going great. But it's necessary for us to feel God when it's not. And that's what David is asking. Why are you cast down? Because even in the midst of being kicked out of Jerusalem and running for his life and recognizing that this is probably the end of the relationship that he would ever have with his son again, he recognizes that there's more to that. There's a hope in God. I'm pretty sure that this would have prompted the moments of time where David was running from Saul. Hiding in caves. Recognizing that the, that the cave was good for him to live in, but for Saul to use the restroom in. 
living with the enemy, having to lie to him just so he could stay alive. Running for his life, but yet holding on to a promise that God had said, the kingdom is yours. And having opportunity to even take that kingdom by his own hands, but recognizing that he would not touch God's anointed. He would allow God to take care of Saul. I'm sure that these moments of running across the valley away from Jerusalem would have prompted his moments of running where he started with just a few men hiding away from Saul. Yet in the middle of all of that, David's refrain drives us back to God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? And the answer to those rhetorical questions is not an answer that we would seem to look for. Hope. Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him. There is a moment, there will be a moment where you can praise Him. On this earth, or in heaven, and hopefully on this earth before heaven, but even if not heaven, hope in God, for I again shall praise Him. Why? Because He is the salvation. He is the one who saves me. All those days that David was running from Saul for fear of his life. Like I said, he had opportunities to take Saul's life, yet he chose to allow God to be the one who takes Saul's life. We are not our own salvation. We can't navigate this world alone. Our salvation comes not in self-help or uh, some great book that we've read or Uh, the really nice neighbor who has all the answers, our salvation comes in Jesus. Our salvation comes in the One who came to overcome Genesis chapter 3. The One who recognized that because of our sin, He had to take on that sin and willingly go to the cross to be crucified, to be destroyed, to be the sacrifice, to spill His innocent blood on our behalf. That's our salvation. And even in the deepest, darkest, hardest times, that's our hope. He is our salvation, and He is our God. God is not just a distant grandfather who is hovering over the smite button with his finger waiting for you to mess up. He's not. He's a personal God who cares about you. He cared enough about you to send His Son that He would push the smite button on Jesus on my behalf and on yours. And not just zap Him with some lightning bolt that was thrown like the Greeks believed Zeus would do, but that He would utterly destroy Him Because of my sin. And because of yours. And that is the God that we have hope in. Because it's not about anything I can do. 
And David recognized that. David was able to understand that it was about what God could do. That there was hope beyond the circumstance. If we look at the Old Testament characters, we can see that Elijah and Naomi and Jeremiah and Solomon, Job and Nehemiah, just to name a few, all walked through days like David is pronouncing here in 42 and 43. Depression affects many people. It affected them, I really do believe. I believe it affects Christians. We've, we've seen preachers who are very well known, like John Piper or Spurgeon, who all face depression. Depression is not uh, a foreign thing to those who are following in Jesus, just as it's not a foreign thing to the one who was the man after God's own heart. Webster's defines depression as a mood disorder with varying degrees of sadness, despair, and loneliness. If you were to read 42 and 43, you're going to hear David pronounce those things over and over again. Here are some of the symptoms that David had within the text. He had a spiritual thirst and a hunger. He felt that there was a a distance between him and God. He longed for the community to go to the house of the Lord together with. He had internal turmoil. He felt judgment by God uh, that is announced by the, the waves that are breaking over and over and over him again. He feels forgotten by God. He's mocked by his enemies, even to the point where he talks about it being like a mortal wound to his bones. And all of these symptoms can be either internal or external. Sometimes they're self-afflicted. Sometimes they're afflicted by and delivered by those from the outside. Some are felt. Some are real. If you've ever navigated a time where you've walked through depression, you've walked through those type of symptoms. Felt or real, self-inflicted, or inflicted by someone outside, internal or external. And that's exactly what David is pointing us to in this psalm. But again, I want to remind you that though the refrain starts with him being cast down and in turmoil, It ends with hope in God. Hope in God, for I again shall praise Him. He is my salvation and my God. If you find yourself in one of those dark places, or you know someone who is in a dark place like that, and they feel that the waves are crashing over them, over them, over them, and they're longing to have some spiritual need fulfilled through a thirst or a hunger, point them to God. I named this message, Worship Will Overcome. Worship literally means giving God His worth. Again, David does this so masterfully. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? 
I don't really have answers for that. But the answer that I can lean into is hope in God. Worship will overcome. Knowing that God is the one who is ultimately in charge of the universe. And that He can help you just as He helped those in the Old Testament and the New Testament Scriptures. Those from from since He has created this earth and breathed life into Adam. That He can bring hope and salvation to you. We can hope in Him. Hope is ultimately, as Christians, found only in Jesus Christ. I can try to do a whole lot of things. I can, I can work on myself. I can work on how I talk to myself. I can uh, limit those people who I just don't need to hear their voices. I can turn off the television, put down Facebook, whatever it might be. I can do all of those things, but ultimately, if I don't place my hope in Jesus, it doesn't matter. Because it all ends up as a TED Talk. And TED Talks are great for information, but not for spiritual transformation. And that's what we need. We need to be changed into the image of Christ because He is the only one who was able to give His life for us. And He is our salvation. So we must hope, even in the darkest of days. We must hope. We need to be reminded of the love of God. We need to be reminded that God is bigger than any circumstance that we can begin to walk through on this earth. Any result of our own sin that we would walk through on this earth. Any illness that we would walk through on this earth. God is bigger than all of those And He is the one who can bring us hope. And it might not happen on this earth. As a pastor, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed for people who were sick. And I've said, if it's your will, Father, heal them. If it's not, take them to glory so they can be healed. Because there will be a day where there will be no sadness, no crying, no illness. There will be a day. And that we can hope in. And so if you're here today and you've walked through deep times of despair and trouble and heartache and brokenness, there's hope. There's not hope in some... 12-step plan or a checklist that you can put in. There's hope in Jesus. The one who can save you from your sins. The one who can and will ultimately restore you to what His perfect creation desired to be. The one who offers you an opportunity to come face to face with God one day in heaven. If you're in a place where you know someone, maybe a family member, or a friend, a, a colleague, someone who goes to school with you, someone who is a neighbor, who is dealing with depression or sorrow or hurt deep in their soul, 
the best answer you can have for them is not pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep marching. It's, there's a God who loves you. And He wants to give you hope beyond anything that you can navigate. That He has given you the greatest gift that could ever be given. Salvation from your sin. Eternal life with Him. That we can be in His presence. That we can worship Him. And when we begin to grasp those things, just as David begins to grasp at the beginning of Psalm 43, that it's not anything that he can do to change the situation, but it's that God would vindicate and God would be our defender. We can have hope. The world is full of people who are hungering and thirsting spiritually. You could probably throw rocks and hit some of their houses from this place. Give them hope. Give them Jesus. Don't give them a a set of rules. Give them Jesus. And if you're in this place and you're a, a follower of Jesus and you know Him and you're walking through a difficult time in your life, remember that worship will help you overcome even the darkest of situations the darkest of circumstances, and the darkest of symptoms. And so as a believer, here's what I would encourage you to do. Pray. There'll be days where you don't feel like it. And I'm going to be very transparent and say that if you can read the words of David in, the old, in Psalm, and what he says to God in his struggles... God can listen to you as you lay out yours. He already knows your heart. If He knows everything, He knows what you're thinking. Approach Him. Let Him hear you. Speak of the difficulty, of the hurt, of the distance. I mean, David talks about feeling distant from God. Pray. Read Scripture. Read the Psalms. Enjoy a trip through the book of Job. Sit on the ash heap for a little bit with him. Seek out Christian fellowship. Brothers and sisters in Christ who can walk alongside of you. And they might not know what to say. And if you're the one walking alongside, sometimes the best thing you can do is not say anything at all. Probably the wisest of Job's friends didn't speak for a really long time. And then seek a counselor. Seek a counselor who knows the Word of God, who can help you navigate that. And again, point you to not just your hope in what you can do to clear up circumstances, but what God is doing and can do in your life. On the night that Jesus was arrested, somewhere between the upper room and the garden, Jesus is having a conversation with His disciples. 
And in John 16, 33, he says these words to them. In this world, you will have tribulation. It's a promise. You will have tribulation. But, take heart. For I have overcome the world. We need hope in Him. If you're one who is just like the deer panting for water, or that you have consumed your tears day and night, may you come and recognize that yes, there are tribulations and trials in this world, but Jesus has overcome them all. And may that drive you to worship. May it drive you to knowing Him more deeply. Because just as we have suffered and have been comforted, we're to comfort others. Sometimes God allows you to go through those valleys, those betrayals, those sorrows, because there's someone in your life who's going to go through them as well. And you can point them to the hope found in Jesus and Jesus alone. In this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. Jesus has overcome this world. Today, if you are in this place and you do not know Jesus, I know this hasn't been a happy-go-lucky, feel-good message. But I hope it has been real. And that's what I've tried to do today. There is hope for you. But it's not found in anything that we can particularly put our hands on here on this earth. It's found in Jesus. Turn to Him as the one, who, the one and only one who can save you. And it might not be instant from the negative things that are going on in your life, from the deep sorrow that you're facing, but it will be eternal. And you can have hope in Him even if you're downcast even if your soul is in turmoil. I felt kind of uh, in a weird space this last few months in my life where there are moments of God is good and everything is great and there are moments of will this ever end? So I feel uh, David in Psalm chapter 42 and 43. Why are you downcast, O my soul? but I can hope. And if that's you today, turn your hope not on anything that you can do, but turn it to Jesus. If you're a believer here in this place, rest on hope in Him and Him alone. And I want to invite you in just a moment, we're going to pray. And as we pray, I want to give you an opportunity just to talk to God. To be real, raw, and honest with Him. Maybe it's that you're walking through a very dark time right now. Talk to Him about it. If you would like to come and, and, and come to the altar and cry on the steps, come. If you'd like to sit there and talk to Him, come. If you'd like to come and be um, helped and prayed over, come. 
you'd like to give your life to Jesus for the very first time and place your hope not in anything that you can do, but in Him, come. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that that you give us hope. And that hope is not based on anything that we can do. Anything that we can even say. That hope is based on what you have done. The finished work of Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection. Father, in times of deep hurt and deep pain and deep sorrow in our lives, God, may we turn to You and recognize that our hope is in You, our salvation is in You, and that You do deeply care about us. God, I pray that You would hear Your people today. Those who are hurting, those who know someone who is hurting, Hear their cries today. May your Holy Spirit come down on them and point them to the hope they have in you. Father, if there is anyone in this room who doesn't know your Son as the Savior of their life, I pray that you, through your Holy Spirit, would draw them to yourself. Help them see the end of themselves and where salvation comes from is beyond them and found only in Jesus. And God, may You send us out as people who would be comforters to those around us who are facing brokenness and sorrow, maybe even overwhelming moments in their life. May You prepare us and fill us with Your Holy Spirit that we could be instruments of Christ this week. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to come to the altar if you'd like. I'm going to invite you to come to Jesus, if you will. Would you stand?